The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus, again in reply, spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feasts, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and my fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite the feast to the feast, whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and the good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to meet the guests, he saw a man there, not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, How is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet and cast him out into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. It's been a rough week, hasn't it? Like many of you, I'm sure when you saw the news unfolding on Saturday, the news broke of of another conflict in the Holy Land, you thought, oh, it's another flare-up. Things happen from time to time, especially... You keep up with the news there. Oh, it's another, another fight again. But then as the news footage rolled in, it was something much more horrific. It's been a heavy, heavy week, when, when you, especially when you see all that unfolded. And the brutality of it is what makes it even worse and how it was actually planned that way. It always leads to the question, what are we to do? Especially when you gaze out upon the whole world. You think of the conflict in Israel currently, and we know it's going to get worse before it gets better. You know, the conflict, the war in Ukraine, Russia... Just look at the whole stage of, 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 of the world and you sit back 
You feel helpless, angry, and all the emotions that come up. It's been a sad week. And as you know, we were getting ready, in fact, as a parish family, to go over to the Holy Land on a pilgrimage. We had 68 parishioners going. And of course, wisely so, we had to cancel. And that in and of itself has been its own mess, because now, how do we... We have to battle with insurance companies to get full refunds. We have to replan everything else. So it's been a huge mess the past couple of days. Well, what are we to do? Alexander Solzhenitsyn, a Russian author, he wrote a famous book called The Gulag Archipelago. It's a famous book. It spoke about another time period, again, where humanity was vicious and disgusting. The whole communist endeavor. Hideous ideology, communism. And in that book, Solzhenitsyn writes that the line between good and evil passes through every single human heart. And that's a wise way of looking at it. Because I don't want to focus on politics at this moment, but rather, what is the deeper issue? You see, the church, we, we never side with a political system. Our salvation is never in systems. Although we strive to work for better systems, absolutely, and institutions. I mean, that's why, as a Catholic church, we're proud to say that we invented the school system and the hospital system. We're the largest charitable organization on planet Earth has ever existed. So again, as Catholic, that's something to be proud about. But we always know that salvation is never found in institutions or politicians. Because at the end of the day, what's at work and what's wrong with us is in here. It's a human heart. Whether it's that current conflict or the multitude of conflicts in the past of humanity or in future conflicts that we have no idea we can even imagine now. But what is the problem? It's here. It's the human heart. That's why Solzhenitsyn was wise. He says the battle between good and evil cuts through every single human heart. Or put it another way. There's an image that I used before in previous homilies. So whenever, whenever we walk into a room, whatever, whether it's our family room or a classroom or a church room, or whatever room filled with people, imagine in your, in, your, in your mind, there's a needle. So think of an old school gauge. <laughs> a little needle that moves. Every single one of us has the ability to move the needle either closer to hell or closer to heaven. Every single human being has that a power and ability. Every single one of us, whenever room we walk into, that needle is always there. And then through our actions, we can either move it closer to darkness or closer to light. What those terrorists did, they moved the world closer to hell. Flat out. 
How are we to respond now? Because again, we have no power. We can't go over there. We have no influence over politics or armies. So what do we do? Something beautiful happened here in our parish last night, by the way. After the Friday morning Mass at 8, 8 a.m., we exposed the Lord in a monstrance at the altar, and then we had a 24-hour vigil of prayer from 8 a.m. after the Mass on Friday all the way to Saturday morning. 24 hours of prayer. It was a beautiful sight. Parishioners came through in all, the, all through the night. We even had some parishioners here who stayed in here all day. And I want to call them out. They're not in here, but when you see them, many of you know Irma. <laughs> she was in here praying. When I went to bed, I went to bed last night at 11. I came back at 7 in the morning. Guess where Irma was? Right there. Oh, she never slept. And then another parishioner, Francisco, the brother of our parish secretary, Sandra. He and his wife were sitting over there praying all night long. They didn't sleep. We knelt here in prayer, our brothers and sisters, on our knees, just crying out to Jesus. Because the answer to all the darkness and the rage of the world and our sinfulness, our own hearts, will always be more Jesus. That's the answer. It's always more Jesus. Why? Because who created the human heart? Our Lord did. Who has the answer to cure what truly ails humanity? The very designer of humanity. You see, look at the beautiful readings today. It all points to this. From the first reading for the prophet Isaiah. Look what God desires for us. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will provide for all his people a feast of rich food, choice wines, juicy, rich food, food and pure choice wines. He had to say it twice. He's saying, I want to create this feast for humanity. And then the second reading, oh, Paul speaks about the mystery of our Lord. He says, my God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with the great, glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Choice wines, juicy food, riches. And then in the gospel, reading the same thing, Jesus says, you know what heaven is like? It's like a king who throws a banquet for his servants, and he invites everybody to come. You see, this is what God wants for us, for all of humanity. God wants to us to have a huge wedding banquet and joy and celebration and love in heaven. And he calls all of humanity. But what do we, how do we respond? We say no. I don't want you, God, and your dumb party. That's how they respond here. We say no. 
He dispatches servants, but they refuse to come. Second servant comes, says, nah, I got something else to do. So he went home to his farm and his other businesses. And then he sends more servants. He said that they laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. By the way, who does that allude to? Our Savior, our beautiful Lord, whom God sent into the world to invite us back into the banquet. And that's how we repaid him. And then God continues. He goes out into the streets to gather them all they found, and he gathered everybody to come. When you look at the world and how dark it is, this was never meant to be like this. He wants to throw us a banquet. And so if we want to change the world, it's not going to happen through armies or a new political party, the Democrats or the Republicans. Our heart and our salvation is never in systems. It's in a person. That is why the answer to the world's ills is what happened last night in our parish what Irma and what Francisco did. And many of our parishioners who came last night prayed 24 hours straight in the church. Or when you grab a bulletin. When you grab a bulletin on your way out, ask your prayers for one of our parishioners. When you look at the photo, it's a photo of after the Latin Mass of our altar servers, because one of our altar servers from our parish is entering the seminary to become a priest. Praise God, this is the second vocation in recent years to come out of our parish. And I can't say we also have some young women in here as well, also discerning becoming nuns. They haven't made a decision yet, but they're thinking about it. There's the answer. If we want to change the world truly from within, because this problem that we're we're looking at in the whole world, it's a spiritual problem. It's not a political one, although there's political aspects. But at the core of it, it's because the human heart is sick. And there's only one remedy for a sick, sinful, evil human heart. It's Jesus Christ. And we need more people to lay down their lives for Jesus. That is how, as Catholics, we respond to what happened in Israel. That is how, as Catholics, we respond to the darkness. It's more Jesus. More Jesus. More sacrifice. More prayer. More love. And when we do that, We're entering to the feast.